The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. These are miracles. I kid you not. Every one of these men is a testimony of what God can do. They, these are not, you know, uh, just people that are trying to find some way to enhance the... Uh, <laughs> enhance their their lives uh they are people who literally i mean i don't sometimes i don't know if we understand how big our god is how great our god is the kind of god that we serve that can reach in to the prisons into the jails into the broken places in our culture to the lives of those who have been long devastated by sin. And God could say that with man, it is impossible. But with me, it's more than possible. Amen? And I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful to be part of this ministry. I'm so thankful that my life was reached and touched. And what I want to share with you today is just a real simple word, and it's, it's, uh, it's hope. Hope. Can you say hope? hope? Amen. Hope is a powerful, powerful expression of our faith. I think that faith is believing that God can do something. And I think hope is believing that God will do something. That God is able. I want to share scripture with you this morning that I think uh, helps bridge a connection to what we're doing here in Teen Challenge in the Word. It's in Acts chapter 3. I'm old school. I'm actually using a paper Bible, so I'm going analog. Going analog this morning. If you're digital or you're analog, that's fine, but if you would get that Bible out. And as you do, I also want to encourage you, uh, if you haven't got yet, to be sure you get our uh, brochure that has all of our information about Teen Challenge on it, as well as inside is a prayer request information card. This will allow you to fill out a prayer request and on Monday nights, we get together and we call in the name of Jesus and we have intercessory prayer and we would love to partner with you. Physical healings, people that need to be touched, miracles you need in your life. We love to come together and call in the name of Jesus and pray. And so if you fill that out, we'd be happy to... Uh, partner with you in prayer. In fact, we'll have some people after that'll be collecting those cards, but I want to get in the Word with you this morning. Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Thank you, Lord. The Word of God says that one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg. Now we're going to come back to that, but lame from birth, the quiz on this is going to be at the very end. Remember those two things, lame from birth and put every day to beg. Can you remember that? At the very end, I'm going to talk about that just for a moment. Uh, continued part of verse 2 says, from those going into the temple courts. Verse 3, 
When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Verse 7, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. And he jumped to his feet, and he began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to come together to share God, to be in fellowship with this great church and these good people. And I pray that, Lord, you would just have your way as we spend a few minutes together thinking about hope, revisiting the power of the gospel, reconnecting with your love for us. So, God, speak as only you can. Our hearts and our ears are open in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look to the person next to you. Tell him God is good. <laughs> he is good, isn't he? Now look back and say all the time. Amen. He is good. He's faithful. We're so blessed this morning. So one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. And notice what time they said the prayer was at three in the afternoon. Now, what's interesting here is that there is really several times of prayer, but the two primary prayer times would be, you know, nine in the morning and, and three in the afternoon. And if you lived in this uh, Middle Eastern culture, you'd understand why. You can go out in the morning and take care of some business, but when you live in the desert, there's a lot of heat, so you take a siesta. You take a little, little you know, time to chill. You don't go, you're not going to go out in the middle of the heat. But then around 3 in the afternoon, the, you've come to the other side of the heat of the day, and now it's time to sort of restart your day. Go and take care of all those other things that you left undone. But notice that, and this is a point for us as God's people, as Christ followers, notice that they didn't just jump back into the business that needed to be taken care of. What did they do? They came back and said, Lord, I, I, I was with you this morning and we did some things, but before I just jump back, I'm going to reconnect. Can you say amen? Reconnect. You know, the Bible says in Matthew 6, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things will be taken care of. What an incredible reality. If, if the lens of my life could be adjusted by my relationship with Christ, where I'm going to do things and I'm going to have other things I do, but I'm not going to compartmentalize the Lord 
and, and show up here on Sunday at 10.30, this is great. But church, can I ask you a question? Where are you on Monday? Where are you on Tuesday? I want to encourage you today that you serve a living God who is just as present and just as powerful and just as willing to get a hold of you at lunch break tomorrow. And, and when school starts and when you're driving home, that there's all these opportunities opportunities to say, look, I'm not just going to go through the motions of my life. I'm not just going to take care of business. I'm going to learn how to do it in Christ. I'm going to learn how to call on the name of the Lord and how to see things differently, not because I'm trying to cheer myself up or trying to work harder, but because I've got a clearer view of the all-surpassing power and presence of my Savior, Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? So that's what we're talking about today is where our lens is at, our focus is at. When we talk about hope, that we're not just wishing God will do something or wanting God to do something, but we are saying, God, I'm believing. God, my focus is on you, and you are a God who is able, a God who has power, a God who is present today. So as we continue reading, look what happens here. It says, now we read this earlier, and we'll come back later. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to a temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. He asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and then Peter said, look at us. You know, when you're in a condition of hopelessness for a long time, a condition of, of, of being broken, being lame, uh, wounded, incapable, you begin to say, you know, I, I just need enough to get through today. And that's what this man had spent over all these years since he was born. He was given this mantle that says, look, you're never going to be this, and you're never going to get out of this circumstance, but we're going to put you at a place where people can come by and give you some money so that you can survive. There's no job you can do. There's no career you can take on because you don't have the capacity. So instead, we're gonna, we have a welfare system. And what we see going on here is that this man had sat there day after day. He was given, and thank God he was given some money. He was given food. He was able to make ends meet by the generosity of other people. And now as he was in that condition for some time, it became common. In other words, the church had learned to just coexist. Okay, well, I guess this isn't going to change. We'll give you a little here and a little there just to keep you going. Maybe for in his own heart, this lame, crippled man had given up on the miracle. And he had just sort of decided, well, I'm just going to sit here day after day and week after week and month after month, and I'm just going to try to survive. And I kind of see that here because it says that Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And what did they say to him? They said, hey, look at us. 
In other words, he had learned to just keep his head down. He had learned to just not expect much anymore. I guess this is just the way it's going to be. Can I tell you that's not the way it's going to be? <laughs> Can I tell you that, that the enemy is a liar and the father of all lies? And what we see with this man is that he had got to a point where he no longer looked up. He no longer gave his attention. And so Peter and John really took him off guard. Hey, look at us. You know, and what, what hopelessness does is it, it gets our eyes, it, it covers our eyes. We no longer believe that the miracle can happen anymore. We no longer anticipate the miracle. We start just kind of saying, well, I guess I'm just going to, I'm just going to make it. I'm just going to get through today. But notice what Peter and John did. They said, hey, look at us. Give us your focus. Have you all seen somebody, maybe a homeless person or a hurting person, and they just kind of avoid them or they avoid you or a person who has a lot of needs? You know, you don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. How are you going to do? How are you going to really help them? And you know what? Sometimes a little bit of money is not a bad thing. Blessing somebody, praying for something, not a bad thing. But what if God wants to do more? What if God wants to give that person back hope and back victory and back life? Can you say amen? amen. And so what we see happening here is by looking at them, they're saying, look, don't look away. You've learned to keep your head down. You've learned to give up. Don't give up. Don't look down anymore. Don't, don't resign to the fact that this is just the way it has to be because we serve a God who is able. We serve a God that can change your life. We serve a God that can bring you healing. So it says, and again, look at verse 5. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. Man, what a bummer, huh? <laughs> Man, they're telling me to look at him, you know? And, uh, you know, this is great. And can I just encourage you, church? Learn to look need in the eye. Don't avoid need. Don't, don't well, I hope, I hope something happens with you. But you know what? Let me give you my attention. Let me tell you something. You may be in a difficult circumstance, but my friend, you have value. You matter. God has a plan for your life. Look, learn to say, you know what? Yeah, a lot of people don't want to deal with you, and I don't know if I... And, and look, at, look at their response. Silver and gold I do not have. In other words, there is limitations to what we can do, isn't there? But in our limitations, we serve an unlimited God. Imagine if Peter and John gave this guy silver and gold. What would happen? He'd be there the next day, and the next day, and the next day, just for a little bit of silver and a little bit of gold, a little bit of food, a little bit of bread. He would have stayed in that circumstance. Can I just tell you, church, that sometimes the great thing that God wants to do in our life isn't going to come from the resources we bring. It's going to come from our limitations. Can you hear me today? that the things that God may want to do in our life won't be because we're good enough or strong enough or smart enough or pretty enough or, or worth enough. It's going to be because we realize, I can't help you. I don't carry this kind of paycheck, but I serve a God who is able. I serve a God who has power. And so my limitations allow an unlimited God to do great things. So silver and gold I don't have. 
Notice what he says, but what I do, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So notice this, they say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, do what? Now, did he get up and walk? He stood there. He sat there. He thought, what is this message? What is this gospel? Who is this Jesus? What, is, what are you telling me? Let me tell you, we can't just be a church that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to be a church who reaches out with physical touch and grabs someone by the hand and says, I've told you about it. I've told you the gospel. Now let me reach out and grab a hold and pull you out. That's what Teen Challenge is. It's, it's a place where we're not just declaring that God can change your life. We're reaching out and saying, give me your hand. Give me your hand. Give me, you know what? You're not strong enough to get out of this on your own. You don't have the resources. You hear the message, but now let me put on the incarnation of that message. Let me come and love you right where you're at. So they said, silver and gold, I do not have in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And you know what? Thank God for Pastor Randall preaching the gospel, that we have the word of God. But as I was praying through this, the Lord would say to our church here today, put your hand to it. Reach out and live it. Reach out and love somebody. Don't just tell them, act on it. And so, Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. Amen? You know, and, you know, some people need a handout. And, and God can work through that. This guy spent his whole life getting handouts. Some people need a hand up. And some people need a push. <laughs> Man, you, what are you doing? You've been living this crazy life. You've been walking this walk. This is just, you need to get, reminds me of the, uh, of the wealthy king who promised his daughter's hand in marriage and half of all of his wealth to the man that would be brave enough to swim across the moat with the alligators and the sharks and the piranha and the venomous fish and he would have a celebration once a year and everyone would come together and eat and fest and have the festivities and lo and behold one year you hear a splash and this guy dives in i mean it was like american ninja warrior you know he's going and he's avoiding the shark and he's kicking the alligator and he's fighting his way and he makes it all the way through to the other end and he gets out and everybody cheers and applauds all right, we have a warrior. And so the king comes up to him and says, Sir, here I am, up to half my kingdom, my daughter's hand in marriage. It's all yours. He goes, I don't want any of that. You don't? I just want to know who pushed me in. Let me tell you, these guys that sang on the choir today, many of them didn't know when they signed up for Teen Challenge, they'd be on the choir. <laughs> they didn't know that they were going to be going through and doing because they, all they needed was a push. But let me tell you, these men are testimonies of what God can do, who God is, of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ to take a person who cannot get out of their circumstances in their own resources or your resources or mine, but in the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that there is no other name on heaven or on earth by which man shall be saved but in the name of Jesus. There's power, there's freedom, there's victory in that name. My friends, you need to know how great this gospel is. And we're here today to testify to you that we serve a God who is able. A God who has power. It says, he jumped to his feet, verse 8, and he began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking. And what? Jumping. <laughs> Can I just tell you how powerful, you know, when you've, been, when you've been stuck in addiction, stuck in hopelessness, stuck in fear, you don't even look up anymore. You think, let me tell you, this is how it works. In, in our culture of addiction, it says once an addict, always an addict. Once a junkie, always a junkie. And you know what? The sad truth, my friends, is this. I believe that. We believed that. And our problem was more than addiction. Our problem was that we gave up the sacred territory of hope. We would put our head down and sit in our jail cell and know that I just can't get out of this. But God, he's able in the name of Jesus because someone was willing to reach their hand out and grab a hold, a church, a mom, a pastor, a friend, an uncle, a loved one said, God has a plan for your life. What a testimony now. Look what he's doing. He's walking, jumping, praising God. And when all the people saw him praising God, look at verse 10, and this is the last little run of this bit. It says, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging bread at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, the very last verse you go to chapter 4 and verse 22, it gives us one tiny piece of information that ties this whole message together. Chapter 4 and verse 22 says this, for the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. What were the two things at the beginning of this message I asked you to remember? Number one, he was lame from birth. He always had this condition. And number two, he was what? Put every day at the same gate, the same post called beautiful. For how many years now? 40 years. Why is that important? My friends, a couple of really big reasons. Number one, when things don't change, when circumstances don't change, when the struggle isn't getting better, can I tell you, God still has a plan. 
In fact, can I tell you that your struggle and the battle that you don't see the other end of is an incubator for the glory of God? Why? Because this guy sat there 40 years, guess who got to know him? Every, there's three high feasts a year. Every single Jew would come through these gates at one time or another in their lifetime, three times a year for 40 years. They begin to know this man. They begin to know his depravity. They begin to know his face. They knew that this was that guy. And guess what? Based on the timeline, we know that guess who else walked by him before? Jesus. And I believe that what we can conclude from that is that Jesus was saying, I may be passing by, but I'm not passing you up. I may be walking by today, but it's not because I don't see your need and I don't see the problem and I don't see the miracle. It's because I'm waiting and I have something glorious I'm going to do. Go ahead, give God praise. Think about that. My struggle, my unanswered prayer all right. I'm banging. Look at that nice green light. Are you guys okay? Everything all right? God's rocking the house today, man. Thank you. Give God praise again. Amen. Hey, my struggle, my, my unanswered prayer, listen to me now, is an incubator for God to operate. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be in my resources, it may not be in my time, but I believe that in the name of Jesus, God is gonna come through. And when he does, you're gonna realize this may have taken longer than I would have wanted, this may have not happened the way that I would have wanted, but now this is a testimony of who God is and what he's able to do in his power to change my life. So what am I saying to you, church? Don't give up. Have hope. Rely on the resources that comes in the name of Jesus and know that even if it seems like it's not happening, God has not stopped operating. Because if he did, how many of you men would be here today? None of us. How many of you are here today because God saw fit? Amen. I stand to you today and I'm so thankful because when people look at us, they say, oh, you know what? That's that guy. I went to one of my high school gatherings and they go, you're Mike Conway? <laughs> oh, and I remember the guy telling his wife, that's the guy. And I'm like, whoa, yikes. So when people look at Grace City and Pastor Randall, when people look at you as a Christ follower, people look at us who've come from devastation, what they see is this, Jesus is alive. He's a miracle working God and he loves me. Father, I just thank you for your word today. I thank you for hope. And I thank you, God, that you are able, able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or even imagine. And Father, I just pray right now over those hearts and over those lives and over those unanswered prayers. And I pray right now for hope. 
And I pray right now that our eyes will be lifted up and we could say as your servant David, I look up. From where does my help come but from you, the maker of heaven and earth? God, I pray that you'll give us an unwavering, hope-filled passion to reach out, to be your hand extended, to be your heart extended, to be your people, empowered by this gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, I just humble myself and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for seeing me. Thank you for reaching into my dark pit and pulling me out. Thank you, God, that you never gave up on me. And I love you, and I praise you, and I serve you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.